What's up, Jets fans? Welcome to another edition of Jet Nation Live. We are your hosts, Dylan Terman and Chris Schubert, back after a short hiatus, a two-week little uh, break here. Chris was on vacation, but we're back now, ready to continue our summer ranking series and bring you a little bit of breaking news from the week, roster moves that have happened, and some comments from a coach about a specific player that is a bit of an X factor if you've been following our series. So Chris, happy to have you back. It's it's good to be back on the airwaves with you once again. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Glad to be back. It was not the plan to take a two-week uh, break no. for us. We tried to do the show last week, but my uh, my undisclosed location in which I was doing the show from was not going to cooperate. So we've got, we waited just a little bit longer to do a show, and we've got about 45 things that we can get into here tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't going to force you through those connectivity problems last week. and I couldn't hear you. So the, the, for everyone who's now listening to the show, Dylan could hear me fine. I couldn't hear Dylan very well. And it was not going to make for a good show and a good rankings debate if I couldn't hear his end of the argument. And not spoiling anything, but there is quite a bit of disagreement in this episode. Plenty. So plenty. if you couldn't hear me and I was yelling at you about how you have one specific player ranked tonight, which I really am excited to get into. Um, yeah, it would have been a it would have been a rough show. So glad to have you back. We're we're full. We can hear you. Obviously, I don't have my my AirPods tonight. They died, and uh, I have these clunky things. But let's get into it. We're going to talk about the linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties in our summer ranking series. This is the final final week of it, and then we're going to break into our fifty three. But before that, we do have what I call reinforcements in the running back room. Not only is star running back Brees Hall back on the off the pup list, back at practice, looking as good as he ever has. He caught a slant pass and everybody went gaga for him practice. Um, but we also signed the big hitter, Dalvin Cook, the big free agent name that was out there for quite a while, cut from Minnesota. Everybody from the get-go said Jets or Dolphins, and it was kind of a heated battle back and forth between fans. The Jets ultimately end up signing Dalvin Cook. One year up to $8.6 million. It's seven million in total base, but a lot of it is uh, based on rostering him throughout the season. I think that's possibly due to an upcoming suspension he may or may not get. Um, and one point six two million in incentives that include twelve hundred rushing yards, fifteen hundred scrimmage yards, a Super Bowl win. So things that if he did hit those, he makes the one point five in my mind easier to pay. Chris, I know we've had some. Back back and forth thoughts about this running back room as a whole. Now it gets a little bit muddier, a little bit cloudier. But in my opinion, it, it's a big upgrade. So what are your thoughts first and foremost on Dalvin and then Brees returning as well yeah. and the fallout from that? A lot of thoughts about the way that this room currently uh, is situated here uh, a couple weeks away from the beginning of the season. I'm going to throw a lot of statements at you, and I'm going to tell you that all of these things can be true at the same time. Dalvin Cook can still have something left in the tank to offer the New York Jets. Guy's a thousand-yard rusher each of the last four seasons. There are some out there who believe he's hit that running back wall and that you're going to start to see him fall off a cliff this season. You can believe that Dalvin Cook still has something left in the tank. I do believe that Dalvin Cook still has le something left in the tank for the New York Jets. You can also believe that Dalvin Cook today on August 17th, 2023, makes the New York Jets a better football team than they were two days ago before they signed Dalvin Cook. So you can think he still got something left in the tank. You can think that he makes the Jets a better football team than they were two days ago. But you can also think that this is a very weird move for this team to make, considering all of the other actions that we have seen from them this offseason and what is apparently becoming a very glaring need up front on the offensive line. I tweeted this after they made the move that I need somebody to explain to me what the New York Jets are doing with their running back room. Brees Hall 
activated off the pup list. It appears by all indications, he is going to be a full go week one of the regular season. There's not going to be a situation where they're going to slowly bring him along. He is going to be available week one of the regular season. Dylan, I'm looking at the take. I'm taking Dalvin Cook off the roster for a second. Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight, and Israel Abanikander are all on the roster. Now, you can also agree that Dalvin Cook is better than those three players. Yes, but you've got two running backs already on the roster in Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight. You then used one of your limited draft pieces in the 2023 NFL draft to add to that room in the form of Israel Abanikander, who, by the way, has had an amazing training camp, an amazing preseason, and has looked very good. So you add all that up, and yet this team decided to spend eight up to $8.6 million on Dalvin Cook to add to this room when I don't know who the starting right tackle is going to be for week one. There's a chance that AVT is going to have to slide out and be the starting right tackle. There's a chance that they're going to be starting a rookie under center. Three members of what potentially are going to be the starting five for the New York Jets week one of the regular season are currently not practicing for the team along the offensive line. Yet the Jets felt like with a room that already has Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight, and Israel Vanakanda, they needed to go out and spend $8.6 million on Dalvin Cook. And I said this at the time. This is one of those this is one of those nights where I wish Glenn was here to be able to back me up on this because I said this to Glenn when they made the Israeli band of Canapec. I said, I am not going to like this, and I am further not going to like this if they go out and add Ezekiel Elliott or Dalvin Cook. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, before everybody gets at me on Twitter, because I had a lengthy debate with a bunch of people on Twitter about this, I was of the belief, I was one of the people that said the New York Jets should be on the phone with the Indianapolis Colts trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor. So I am fully in, in, in into the idea of, of upgrading the running back room, but I would have had zero issue sending Brees Hall to Indianapolis to get Jonathan Taylor here to the New York Jets. You're all in, go all in. You're trying to push all your chips in the middle for one season. You go ahead and do it. You take the biggest swing you can. You get Jonathan Taylor in the building. This weird thing where, oh, we're going to spend $8 million over here. We're going to use a fifth round pick on a guy here. We've got five running backs that should make this team. One or two of them are more than likely going to be cut. I don't know, man. It doesn't make sense to me. You have an offensive line that's in shambles right now. Makai Becton cannot play a full game right now. Cannot do it. Elijah Vera Tucker, Lakin Tomlinson, Dwayne Brown, all not practicing. Connor McGovern and Joe Tittman in a battle to be who the center is going to be. There are tweets from Connor, Connor Hughes, um, Zach Rosenblatt, all these people that are at camp talking about how yesterday was one of the worst days they've seen of this offensive line at practice. Doesn't matter who you have back there. You got to have guys up front. And so I would have rather seen that $8.6 million be spent on one of the potential free agents that currently sit in the market. And so, again, are the Jets a better football team today? Yes, I think so. Uh, is Dalvin Cook still got something left in the tank? Yes, if you're asking me, I think so. But the fact that one of Michael Carter or Zion Knight's not going to be on this team in 2023, I have some roster building questions for Joe Douglas right now. And Randall. Oh, you're muted yourself. I can't hear you now. I did mute myself. Yeah, I was going on for so long. You're like, let me just mute myself. And then you came back. <laughs> you think after all this time, I learned to unmute myself before talking. But no, big deep breath after that big Chris rant. A lot of thoughts. I did hear Brees Hall traded for Jonathan Taylor. And I wanted to just kick you from my studio. But you know. Oh, trust me. I You should have seen. I don't know if you saw this. I tweeted it when Jonathan Taylor requested his trade. I said did the Jets should be all over this and should go get him. The amount of people who tried to... Con- Listen, I love Brees Hall, okay? I have him in the good great tier. Mm-hmm. The amount of people trying to convince me that Brees Hall is currently better than Jonathan Taylor, we've lost our collective minds. We've lost our minds, folks. Yeah, that, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll agree that Jonathan Taylor is still better than Brees Hall. Obviously, Brees Hall has more upside because he's younger and whatever. But I, I agree, yes, you could upgrade the room with Jonathan Taylor with hopefully not getting rid of Brees, but I digress. They ended up 
adding to the room without getting rid of Breeze, thankfully, because in my opinion, you can't get rid of Breeze. Um, but when it comes to Izzy Abanacanda, I agree. It's very tough. I put out a percentage just shooting it out, like my percent chance of what running back is going to make the team. Three running backs have 100% they're going to make the team. That's Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, and Izzy Abanacanda. Right. I fully believe Izzy Abanacanda is going to make the team now, whether he dresses every single week as the you know game day 48 instead of you know the 53-man roster that remains to be seen. Izzy Abanacanda has quite a bit of a role not like etched out for him in the preseason, at least with Zach. And I think he could too with Aaron Rodgers once he builds that rapport of having those screen passes, those, you know, small little dump offs. Aaron Rodgers loves utilizing his running back. So I agree. Izzy could very easily have a role. Then it gets a little tricky. You said Michael Carter and Bam Knight, one of them is not going to be on the roster this year. And while I think that's probably the case, I feel like there's part of me that thinks Bam Knight has a higher than 50% chance to make it back to the Jets practice squad. Obviously, this is without looking around the league at running nope. back rooms. Not a chance. And and that's not what I've chance. heard from a lot of sources, not sources, but places too, is that they don't think there's any chance. And they, they named the Giants. And I'm like, okay, I didn't look at the Giants room, but I know they had James Robinson or have James Robinson. Either way, my whole thought about it was, I feel like most teams have what they consider their BAM night that high upside running back three or four. You know what I mean? So I thought of it from that perspective. Maybe Bam could get saved on the practice squad and we could have all of these running backs on the team for 2023. Do I think it is likely? No, but I do think that Michael Carter's staying. I feel like after Saturday, that game that he, the performance he put on in limited snaps, what he said in practice, what they've given him the opportunities in practice. I just feel like Michael Carter is going to be on the team. So I put him at 75% and then Zonovan Knight at 25%. Hopefully they don't just outright cut him and they're, they are able to move him. If somebody does want him that badly, maybe they give up like a sixth round pick for him or whatever. But I also explained it this way, circling it all the way back with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is here on a one-year deal. Minimal, it's it's pretty expensive money, but the, the minimal... 8.6, you know, it's not that bad. Next year, he's probably going to leave in free agency and get you a comp pick where you can just draft Bam Knight again. So I just feel like the time is a flat circle. Sure. It could all happen. Maybe you don't get Bam Knight exactly, but I just feel like Bam Knight is a little bit overrated by Jets fans, and he's definitely the odd man out, in my opinion. But it is a very cloudy running back room. So I agree with everything you said except for Brees Hall for Jonathan Taylor. I uh, I just did a quick look through the depth charts for running backs across sure. the National Football League. I can see eight to ten teams that would be interested in Zonovan Knight yeah. to have a role in their roster. So I just don't see a scenario where if he is cut by the New York Jets, he makes it back to their practice squad. I just don't think it happens. I think there's plenty of teams that would, would like the depth. And I'm sorry, but the, the other thing that bothers me is from a roster-building perspective, we are going to talk about tonight two positions. Two of the three positions we're going to talk about tonight that they should have used a fifth-round pick on to yeah. address the depth for those two spots instead of drafting Izzy Banacanda. Now, again, you don't have a crystal ball. You can't look into the future and say, oh, Dalvin Cook's going to want to come here. But if the idea was mm -hmm. that you were going to be open to, even after taking Izzy Banacanda, because Brees Hall already on the roster, Michael Carter already on the roster, Zonovanite already on the roster, you added Izzy Banacanda. If you knew all this time that you were going to be interested in adding somebody of the caliber of Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott or Kareem Hunter, anybody to this room, 
that I think it is resource malpractice to have used that fifth round pick on Israel Abanacanda and not have addressed the linebacker position or one of the safety positions. That, to me, is not good roster resource. That's not good process here. Again, Dalvin Cook might be a great player for the New York Jets this year. I Spoiler alert, I have him in the good great bucket since we have to give out grades for those players. So I have him in the good great bucket. Again, still think he's got stuff left in the tank. I am a huge process guy. And so for Joe Douglas, I just don't the process here with the way that he's gone about, about getting to this point. We'll see. This is clearly a hedge against Brees. It is going to be Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall are going to slot into the Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon role that Green Bay had for the longest time. They're going to slot into those roles however they see fit, and they're going to be utilized in that capacity, and it can work. I'm not saying it's not going to work. I just don't like the process of how we got here. Yeah, I mentioned it on uh, Buffalo Jet Fans podcast Monday night, me, him, and Dom are doing a Monday uh, panel, um, and I mentioned it, the pony package, that two wide, uh, two running back set, and uh, Connor Rogers and Joe Caparoso went as far as to say Nathaniel Hackett in Jacksonville uses three running back sets with two running backs and a fullback, and he'll split a guy out wide. And then we see Brees Hall split out wide running slant routes for Aaron Rodgers, and it's just so funny that the Jets literally could be in a world in 2023 where their passing offense is 30 personnel with three running backs and two wide receivers, but it can work. You have Dalvin cook, Brees hall, obviously Nick Bowden is your fullback. And then you have Garrett Wilson and whichever other wide receiver you want. So I think the opportunities are pretty limitless. So bringing in a name, even if it is like a, a name more so than a productive person, but I think it's both in Dalvin Cook's case. I think you just add to the dimension of there's only one ball. Nobody knows who it's going to go to. And when you have Rogers, Brees and Dalvin in the backfield, it doesn't matter who's touching the ball at that point. You're probably not going to be able to make the play. So it just excites me from that perspective. I do agree. I think he's not what he was. And if you can get a Dalvin Cook back from like the COVID year 2020, that would be great. And that's why the incentives are what they are for him. But I could see a world where him and uh, Brees both have a thousand yards from scrimmage. It happened in Green Bay with uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And A.J. Dillon had more than Aaron Jones in terms of scrimmage yards. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think they could easily eclipse a thousand scrimmage yards apiece because Brees looks so damn good already. Again, the Jets are a better football team than they were two yeah. days ago. OK, but that yeah. doesn't mean I have to I have to immediately love every aspect of this move because it just it calls into question so many different things here. And again, none of this matters. I'll use this as our segue into our next topic, Dylan. None of this matters is if the group in front protecting these running backs and creating the holes for yes. them is a block of Swiss cheese for 17 weeks. And with that, we will talk about some comments that I thought were very interesting. Um We've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast, especially Glenn. Makai Becton is the biggest X factor on this entire team, not just the offensive line, not just the offense, but the entire team. It pretty much boils down to can Makai Becton play football for 17 games in 2023. Keith Carter did speak to the media today, and he did have some, I guess I'll just use the word, encouraging uh, things to say about Makai that they're not rushing him in any sense to push himself further than he has to. They want him to take it easy, go at his own pace, which he has been ramping up clearly. And they said as soon as he is healthy and ready, they want him to compete. So to me, that kind of translated as coach speak for there's a starting spot that we know is going to be available when he's healthy and he has a good shot to take it. Now, many, many Jets fans are pretty split on which position that's going to be. 
I've said this many times on the podcast. You can go back to our ranking show when we did offensive line. I put him as the second best offensive lineman for a reason. Dwayne Brown, left tackle in Sharpie. I don't see a way when Mekhi Becton, even when healthy, like overtakes that spot because Dwayne Brown is not going to be your $11 million backup and he's not going to be your right tackle. So to me, that says Keith Carter is opening the door for Mekhi Becton to win the right tackle job. Obviously, Mekhi Becton still has to prove it, and I hope he plays all the uh, snaps that are allotted to him, just like he did against Carolina. But I don't know. I'm really excited because I've, I've been super like patient with Mekhi without trying to put the cart before the horse. But now that we've seen him back, I'm very excited, and I de- think he deserves one of the starting five when he's healthy. What do you think? I, I, I'm sorry. If anybody thinks Dwayne Brown's playing anything other than left tackle this year, you, you need I, to look at the guy's Wikipedia page. He's 39 years old, and he's yeah. only played left tackle in his career. You are not switching that around. Dwayne Brown is the is the he's the only guy I feel comfortable doing this. You put Dwayne Brown in Sharpie and you work around that. Okay. Everything else I think is fluid at this point. And I'm sorry, I'll give you another maybe this is a bit of a hot take to some Jets fans. Makai Becton absolutely should be in the mix for a starting right tackle spot. The mm-hmm. guys he's competing with are Billy Turner and Max Mitchell. No offense to either of those two gentlemen, but when healthy, Makai Becton is better than both of those guys. So Makai Becton should be in the mix. What concerns me here is we sit here on August 17th and he's not ramped up in a place where he's going to be able to get through a whole game. That's a problem to me. And I don't know if that's on Makai. I don't know if that's on the way the Jets are choosing to to handle the situation. I don't know where that blame gets to be placed at this point. But the fact that we are sitting here on August 17th and there's an opportunity for one of Billy Turner or Max Mitchell to be the starting right tackle for the New York Jets in week one. I'm sorry, but if Makai Becton can't go week one, then you need to slide Elijah Vera Tucker out to the right tackle spot. Joe Tittman or Connor McGovern needs to be the right guard. Put the other guy at center. Have Lakin Thomas will be your left guard. We mentioned Dwayne Brown and Sharpie as your left tackle. And that's your starting offensive line week one. You cannot go into week one of the regular season with Billy Turner or Max Mitchell being your starting right tackle. Unacceptable unacceptable for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations for, for the right tackle spot right now to be a revolving door. Even if we assume that Makai Becton is on a path to being able to play in week one, I think, again, we go back to process, we go back to the, the roster management here. I think this is a disgrace right now that we sit here with the right tackle spot being a revolving door, and there is not a solidified answer. This team has Super Bowl aspirations with Aaron Rodgers, and there was talks yesterday of it being one of the worst displays of offensive line play that people have seen in covering the New York Jets. I'm sorry. I got a problem with that. Yeah, and I know that uh, Aaron Rodgers did kind of downplay it a little bit and that his concern is pretty low for the offensive line. But he has mentioned numerous times, and so is Sala, that they want it done yesterday. They want the starting five in the lineup, playing with each other, protecting him in practice. So that they no continuity right now. Exactly. None. No continuity right now. No. Lakin Tomlinson, Dwayne Brown, and Mekhi Becton. Or, or not playing together. ABT is currently hurt with an ankle thing. Like I'm, I'm sorry. You need continuity. This yep. team cannot afford. Go look at the first six weeks of the schedule for the New York Jets. They cannot afford the first six weeks to be their acclimation period at, together as an offensive line. They have to hit the ground running. They have to be at worst. I think three and three, two and four in that first stretch. That's it. They, that's where they have to get there. Yeah, and and back to your AVT at right tackle point. I think he is the preferred week one choice for me at right tackle, given the current state of things. But I think in the next two weeks, Makai could prove himself that if he can play the full, like whatever, the half or half plus that they want him to play and not pull himself out. That's the part that kind of trips me up is he can pull himself out if he gets hurt and you don't want that in your starting lineup. I put a tweet out about it that you would almost rather 
the bad, uh, the worst player of Billy Turner or Max Mitchell, knowing that they're fully confident in their health. Whereas Makai Becton can pull himself out of the third quarter of any game because of some discomfort and you're not your the backup is thrushed back in. You're not the starter then. I'm sorry. Exactly. If that's the way this is going to go, then you are not the starting right tackle for the New York Jets in 2023. And right. then I have a ton of questions as to why that wasn't known ahead of time and why we used the first round pick on Will McDonald. <laughs> hey, now Will McDonald's very, very good. And, I'm, I'm uh, sorry, but I, but I, I agree. I'm sorry. It's, I've got a room that's yeah. Carl Lawson, Bryce Huff, who you want to have more snaps, John Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson, and Michael Clemens. That's a rotation. I got five guys there. And I know they missed out on Broderick Jones because they, they made a trade. And the, the pick swap kind of messed it with messed it up for them. But I'm sorry. You, you cannot tell me that you are the, the, the issue that I have, and I don't mean to get hot about this because again, I still believe in the New York Jets for 2023. But you can't sit up here and tell me, and I see it all on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it nowadays. And the Jets are all in Super Bowl contenders. You know, this is this is the the, the tier that they're in. You can't tell me that you're in that tier. And yet this is the state of your offensive line. I'm sorry. You're not utilizing your resources properly at that point. Will McDonald can't be the pick in the first round. If on August 17th, I don't know who the starting right tackle is. Mm -hmm. Now, AVT rolling an ankle, Lakin Tomlinson, Dwayne Brown coming back off injuries. That, that's fine. That, that, that the Jets have no control over. But they knew where Makai Becton was. They knew where he was at in his recovery. They knew that right tackle was going to be an open competition. They knew all of this months ago. And they didn't do a single thing about it. That's the thing that bothers me about this. Yeah, I think if you were to make the offensive line move, you can't make it now. There's just nobody available unless you're trading assets for somebody. And even then you're probably overpaying because offensive linemen don't really get moved like that. So I agree. The move had to have been made in March or April. I'm not going to say Will McDonald was the wrong pick. I don't know if there was a tackle there at that point because of the pick swap that was worthy of that 15th spot. I think Anton Harrison was like the next guy up here. for a lot of people. Um, but yes, I, I completely agree. You had to have taken a swing in free agency or with another pick, maybe your second or third round pick in the draft. No, they didn't have a third. So your second round pick in the draft instead of Titman, maybe looking at an offensive tackle. I know an offensive tackle that went in the fourth round I believe the Jets just played him in Dewan Jones for the Cleveland Browns, and he has looked very good, and he yeah, was one of my guys. So he's one of those guys that it's like, okay, well, we have Carter Warren when we could have possibly had Dewan Jones. So again, I agree. The move had to have been made several months ago. We're too far down the road to think that it's going to magically get solved. And no, no slight to Will McDonald. He's been fantastic, and I think yeah, he's going to have I think he's going to have a, a very impactful rookie season. And I see somebody in the chat here saying, best player available, I disagree. That's how you draft a bump. Mm -hmm. well, I'm, I'm not saying that they had to, instead of taking Will McDonald, 100% reach for an An Anton Harrison. But the Jets went into the 2023 NFL draft. They went into draft night understanding that one of their main priorities was protecting Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel that they exited the 2023 NFL draft addressing that, 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 that question. And so that's the problem I have. And so then you look at, okay, well, who's on the board when they, when they selected in the first round for Will McDonald, they could have selected Anton Harrison. That was probably the only other offensive lineman they could have considered. But in the second round, there were players that could have potentially been on the board. They could have taken Matthew Bergeron in the first. I mean, I'm looking here that of people that were on the board in the second round when they selected Joe Tipman. They could have selected Cody Mock. They could have selected Osiris Storrance, although he's more of a guard. But again, if you get a guard, then you can more easily kick AVT outside the right tackle. And then right. you feel a, a good about it. I guess the question I have is this idea that the Jets had a problem at right tackle is not something that all of a sudden popped up two days ago. 
it's been a thing since last training camp when Makai got hurt and the Jets had a revolving door on their offensive line for the 2022 season. Yet in free agency, yet via trade, yet via the draft, yet via second, third, fourth wage of of free agency, it was never addressed. That's the problem I have with it. Yeah, and it makes it tough because for all the preaching that Joe Douglas has done about the offensive line being his baby, it doesn't really seem that way when you look at most of the starters from week one last year are projected to be the exact same starters this year. You have Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, Elijah Vera Tucker. If they all play their natural positions um, left to right, that'll be the four out of five starting as the same. Now you have Makai Becton. If he doesn't win the job, Hopefully it doesn't go to Billy Turner and they pick the upside guy in Max Mitchell. Boom. Now five out of five starting offensive linemen are the same from week one last year to week one this year. That's not making an upgrade when you have Aaron Rodgers back there and you need to protect him. Um, I think everybody, uh, their hearts collectively dropped when he got kicked in the calf the other day on a would-be sack and went down and kind of limped off, but went back to the huddle right away. I think everybody was holding their breath because that could be this season. And I hope Makai Becton wins the right tackle job. But I think right now you're looking at ABT starting at right tackle, Makai Becton being your swing tackle. Hopefully Max Mitchell is not dressing and Billy Turner is like your backup left tackle behind Dwayne Brown. And then you have your, you know, Titman McGovern right guard situation with Schweitzer and then Lake and Tomlinson at left guard. I think that's kind of the the best makes the most sense to me type of offensive line without getting too into the weeds. But then again, you're one injury away from it kind of just crumbling. So Which it's is very exactly tricky. what happened last year. Yep. It's exactly what happened last year. And so the, you cannot go from the expectations that this team had last year with it being a revolving door to then the expectations reaching a level. I didn't put these expectations on the New York Jets. They did it when they went out and traded for Aaron Rodgers and Mm -hmm. restructured his contract and then signed Dalvin Cook and signed Alan Lazard. And I didn't put these expectations on them. They did by their actions. When they traded for Aaron Rodgers, they accelerated the timeline on everything. So to, to you, to half asset is the problem I have with the way that they've approached this. And then again, we're spending $8.6 million on Dalvin Cook. We can't find somebody in the free agency market for offensive linemen that would take that money. Well, not, not at this point, but yes, you could have used the money before. I, I certainly agree. But now you're not, you're not looking at, you're looking at dog shit because right, do George, you wanna... Fan, George Fan, I think was the last one signed and he's pretty bad. Do you want to argue I, about linebackers now? I'm hundred percent ready to segue into the main reason we're here. Our summer ranking series. <laughs> The main reason that we're 30 minutes behind schedule. Yes. Hey, when you miss a week and you know, you want to go on vacation, you gotta, you gotta catch up on things, right? No. So the, the linebacker position here for our summer ranking series, um, I teased it at the beginning of the show. We have a lot of, uh, disagreements here. We have, because you, you think a player is fantastic and I'm sorry, I'm going to give everybody some truth here on CJ Mosley here in just, just a second. Hey, Hey, I don't know about fantastic, but deserved of what he has earned i will say legacy vote hey legacy vote we're gonna get into it with the linebackers and get into it we shall uh we always start from the bottom up on the depth chart you know it by now i have a question sure what's up how many how many guys did you have making the roster at this spot so I don't have the exact number of where we're at with our series of how many rosters. No, no, no. I meant how, left. Yeah. how many linebackers got non-practice squad grades? Four? I I one, two, I have five. 
Yes, we talked about the one pre-show, the the one of the newer ones that you yes. said could be, and yeah, I think I just he's think the he's better than for me. Yeah. Right, but predictively, I'm trying to like make sure that these rankings go with however many roster spots we have left. I'm fair trying enough, to fair utilize enough. them. Yeah, so yeah. I think I have four linebackers and four safeties, six cornerbacks, if I'm remembering. So we have 14 open roster slots right now. I have four making the roster from the linebacker group. Um, which means five get the tag practice squad or cut. I'm going to go in no specific order. Okay. Caleb Johnson, Cloud and Cheryless, both your UDFAs from this year. Sam McGuavin, um, one of the newest free agent signings from, I believe, the Dolphins. Um, Nick Vigil, a, another free agent signing of the same day um, from the Bengals or the Commanders. And then Chaz Surratt, I have him as linebacker five, just missing the mark. If you watched um, Hard Knocks episode one, everybody but Chris, uh, Salah loves Chaz Surratt, and if he's healthy and he makes it and he has even halfway good games in the preseason, he's probably going to be that guy that just misses or takes Zaire Barnes' spot, but I don't think they take Zaire Barnes' spot, so I had Chaz Surratt as linebacker five. How many yeah. linebackers do you have in the cut? Uh, in the cut, I have one, two... Because I still have Ife Odenigbo still listed on my. Oh, okay. Listing. He's on the IR. I right. He's still listed here on my thing. And I, I gave yeah. him a grade when we put him on the list originally. But uh, we agree on every single name. Um, I have Nick Vigil listed as a questions um, okay. because I think he's going to be in the mix here in, in, in to, to make the to make the team. Same mm-hmm. thing with Chas Surratt. Um, but I have Surratt as a practice squad guy. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to be in the mix. But other than that, I have four guys that I feel confident will make the team at this at this at this group. Yeah, I think Chaz Surratt and Nick Vigil for me as well are five and six or yep. six and five, however you want to split them up. But they're the guys that are competing directly with my linebacker four, and that is newcomer, rookie, Zaire Barnes. I believe he was a sixth-round pick this year. He had a really good game against Carolina. I only went back and watched the first half, um, and then I went back and watched the second half a couple of days later. He was all over the place. I think he led the team in tackles with eight, seven solo, one tackle for loss. So this is a guy who's really making a name for himself. Sala, uh, we'll just call him the linebacker guru. Uh, he's known for doing this. He obviously kind of revitalized uh, Quincy Williams, who we'll talk about here in a minute. But I think Zaire Barnes has that sideline to sideline speed and ability to be the linebacker four in a light room. My question is, do they go so green with a guy who hasn't played NFL snaps because you have, you know, Sherwood who hasn't really played much either. So you have a lot of new and unexperienced faces in the room. So potentially Nick Vigil could be that guy to steal the spot. What are your uh, thoughts on, on Barnes? I know we're no spoiler alert. It's yellow net yeah. neutral. He's a rookie. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, but because he's a rookie, he gets the questions tag. Um, and we just move on from there. I only have one person that does not have the questions tag in this group. Okay. So we'll go to number three then who I believe is Jamie and Sherwood. Yes. He has questions for me as well. Yes, There's does. no other way around it. I, he hasn't played enough, but he has played well when he has played. Perhaps that's just the offenses keying in on the fact that CJ Mosley is not on the field. So they want to run towards Jamie and Sherwood, but it seems like more often than not, Jamie and Sherwood's in the right place at the right time. He did have a forced fumble in the hall of fame game. So he has looked pretty good. I think he's the lock of, you know, the linebackers that we've talked about. Uh, Zaire Barnes, I'm still questionable about, but Jamie and Sherwood's got a roster spot. Obviously, I think they're going to run two linebacker sets way more often than yeah. pure 4-3. Mm-hmm. So I think Jamie and Sherwood's still going to be in a limited role, but when he comes in, I think he's going to do 
better than some people have expected him to do. Yeah, yellow questions. And for me, I mean, the Jets drafted him. He was a safety in college. So he's yes. a safety that they converted down to this hybrid linebacker kind of role. And they did this. They've done this with a couple of different players, right? Uh, Hamsel Nasser Dean is another player who they drafted as a safety and then they converted him to a linebacker. So the Jets kind of like having a more athletic profile, a guy that can just be a big thumper and work his way downhill at this spot. Uh, but for me, because it's a bit of a transition from a position perspective and he's kind of in a rotation, just doesn't have a big enough sample size to know what he is and what he isn't. And so for me, while I know he's still going to be a part of the, ro the rotation, he's still going to be somebody that they count on. Just want to see a little bit more from him. So I have him in the questions bucket. Yeah. And I think his ceiling is solid. If you consider in his special teams contributions, I think that's a big part of this entire thing with some of these roster guys, as we get down toward the bottom 15 of the roster, you know, those 45 to 53 players, you know, they got to play special teams. And Jamie and Sherwood is one of those guys who they're going to rely on heavily in special teams. And if he can prove it on special teams, I think this is a, a green bucket player entering next season with a bigger role. Moving up the depth chart, one more spot. We have starting linebacker Quincy Williams. Big deal. Uh, big uh, contract, I should say. Three years, $18 million, up to $21 million signed this offseason. Um, a lot of people are happy that both the Quincy uh, Quinnen and Quincy are back together. Obviously, they are. Um, I haven't been the biggest Quincy Williams fan. He's very up and down for me. Um, so for that reason, I was pretty skeptical about where to put him. Ended up in solid. Oh, think, get out but, of, get out of think, here, solid. But I think this is the closest player I have teetering to yellow when I look at my entire solid group. Quincy Williams had the best year of his career last year for the New yes. York Jets. He is still, still, until further notice, the most boom or bust player on the Jets defense. And that's the thing that really concerns me. When he is bringing it at a level that we know Quincy can bring it, he is a thumper. You can, you know, you know, if, if let's say you're watching the game on Sunday and you just, you walked into the kitchen to get a beverage, you walked into the kitchen to get a hot dog or a burger because they just came in off the grill and you, you, you walk back into the room and you see somebody making a play, but you don't know who it was just on the celebration and the way the person made the hit, you'll know if it was Quincy Williams. That's the type of energy and excitement and electricity he brings when everything is going his way. But when it's not, he's missing guys in coverage. He's missing tackles in open space. And there are big plays as a result. And so until he's more of the boom player than he is the bust player, he has this big question mark around me. I love Quincy. I'm glad he's back. He, he brings an excitement. He's a leader. He brings energy. There is value to that in this Robert Sala defense. No questions asked. And when he brings it, he brings it. It's exciting, but it's very boomer bust for me. And those busts, if they're big busts and they're big plays for the opposing team, that's bad news for the New York Jets in 2023. So again, I think the ceiling for Quincy is if he can limit those mistakes and he can limit those missed plays, I think his floor is a solid player. But because he still has that as part of his game, I have those questions. So he gets the yellow, he goes into the yellow bucket. Yeah, that's certainly all fair analysis. And when I look at some of the guys that I put into the solid bucket, Tyler Conklin, Corey Davis, Alan Lazard, Michael Carter, the running back. Jordan Those are sure things. Those are that's sure things. That's what I'm getting to. Those guys are well into the solid tier. And then I look at, you know, even guys like Adrian Amos and Miko Hardman, Al Woods, Quentin Jefferson. Those guys are all solid for me too. And I would put those guys above Quincy Williams. So I agree. Yeah. I'm right there on the edge. If, 
That's why if I have Michael shows- Carter and Quincy Williams in the same bucket. You know, I have them both hey, as yellow, hey, both hey, question now. marks. Hey, now if we get into the season and Quincy Williams is doing the the positives, yes, he's a solid. If 100%. we get into the season and he's 2022 Quincy, he's still yellow. So, yeah. so I think when it comes down to the consensus, we'll get there that he's probably yellow. But for now, I had him at, at green mainly just to to get the the small argument out of the way before we get to the big one. And I'm going to let you take this away because uh, people know how I feel. And I want you to uh, explain how you feel about one CJ Mosley. He's the best linebacker on the team. True. He is a solid player at this stage of his career. He is not a good, great player. He's not a franchise player. He is a solid player at his career. And I'm sorry. I, I still need somebody to explain to me how CJ Mosley was a pro bowler last year. Missed tackles, missing guys in open space. The absolute, I've been watching football a long time. I'm, I'm going to turn 29 later this month. I've been watching football for a really long time. The play against Buffalo where he jumps off sides and completely costs the Jets the game is one of the worst plays I've ever seen somebody make in a Jets uniform. And I've seen a lot. Yes. So that play, he, yes. He that made play that play. He made that play. And they still said, you know what, CJ? You've had a Pro Bowl-esque season. And that's not the only play like that he's had. All the, he has not been the player that the Jets signed to 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 the the four year contract. He has not been that player. He has not any gotten anywhere close to the player that he was in Baltimore. Is he still a solid player? Is he still a leader of the defense? Is he still the quarterback of the defense? Is he still the the guy that gets everybody motivated? Yes, he is all those things. And you know what that gets you? That gets you the solid bucket. You are a solid player. That's what you get. So, yes, the play against Buffalo was absolutely terrible. Everybody's pulling their hair out. It was a winnable game, and you can't do something like that. However, the reason C.J. Mosley can do those things is because this coaching staff trusts him enough. And if you're going to be trusted that heavily, especially as, like you said, the commander, the quarterback of the defense, he wears the green dot. If you're going to have all those responsibilities – you're probably not a solid player to begin with. You're probably a good to great player. Now, C.J. Mosley was great in Baltimore. Nobody denies that. When he came to New York. Hold on. Would you agree? Would you agree that he was a great player in Baltimore and he's gotten nowhere close to being the Baltimore player in New York? Yes, I'm getting there. So he was great in Baltimore. And he was great in the first half before he pulled his groin against the Bills. And ever since then, he has been good. And good and is it. probably the ceiling for C.J. Mosley's play. Yeah, because of how old he is, I think he's probably at the good. I don't think he can get to the great because, I mean, he's had 130, 140, 150 tackles the last seasons that he's played healthy. So what do you have to do to be a great linebacker in your mid-30s? I don't know. but He's not good in coverage. Like, he just can't. Yes, he's, he's that's lost a, that's a problem. Step. Yeah. But he's solid still good. Player. He's still good. He's still a solid player. You're and right. I'm going to go as far as – Spoiling where I have him on my rankings of the entire roster. I'm sorry. If you have, where do you have him? I'm so this is unbelievable that you have him where you have him. I didn't put Dalvin Cook in here and he would be higher than CJ Mosley. You have CJ Mosley right now, 10 player on the New York Jets. You've lost your mind. CJ Mosley is number 10 for me before Dalvin Cook enters my rankings. You've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. I don't think you can name nine players better on the Jets. Yes, I can. I'll do it right now. <laughs> okay. Aaron Rodgers, Quinn Williams, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, DJ Reed, Brees Hall, John Franklin Myers, Michael Carter the second, uh, Carl Lawson, Tyler Conklin, Alan Lazard. I, I, just I couldn't got, give I got you plenty. any of the last four, but especially Alan Lazard. I can't give you Alan Lazard, but I'll 
think about Michael Carter the second because I have him higher than CJ Mosley, but I didn't have a couple names that you listed. I don't even have Thomas Morstead. I don't have Greg Zerlin there. Over, Greg Zerlin, uh, you, you tweet me every time he every Mosley? time he does something good. You tweet me every I time. Do. I do. You tweet me every time Greg does something <laughs> great. Yet he's not better than CJ Mosley. You're out of your mind. He's automatic and he's good to great, but he can't be higher than CJ Mosley due to the fact that he plays four snaps a game. He plays a he plays a position that might, he arguably might have more of an impact on the game than CJ Mosley in for the 2023 New York Jets. Okay, that's a discussion. That's definitely a discussion that we. And can the fact have. that we're having that discussion should absolutely sway you to put CJ Mosley in the solid bucket. I can't do it. I think he's got to be good. Unbelievable. I think he's got to be good. I just haven't seen. I just haven't seen it. The step in coverage is one thing that's like expected of a linebacker his age, but his cerebral awareness, all those I, things. I'm not saying he's a practice squad keys. player. I'm not saying I got questions. I'm just saying he's starting to fall off. So he's yeah. a solid player. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I, I think he's like similar to Quincy, right on the verge, but he's yeah, but still good. He's not a top ten player on this team. He is. Yes. Then we then the Jets they're not going anywhere in 2023. If you think CJ Mosley is a top ten player on the Jets, well, the nine of eight of the nine guys ahead of him were all homegrown guys, so I think they do have a chance. I think they do. So, we'll, when we get to the end of the show, we'll we'll settle the debate on this entire linebacker group. But yes, Quincy and uh, CJ teetering on their respective buckets of solid and good to great for me. All right, can we do the corn? Can we rapid fire the corners? Because I want to spend the most time on the safety. Yeah, I think corners is pretty cut and dry as well. I, maybe I would think one, so. maybe one player is different, but you and I have a small disagreement on one player, but it's not one that I would get upset about. You and I just see a player like a tad bit different. Exactly. Um, I'll just start right there. We have nine total cornerback names. I have three in the practice squad bucket. However, yep. I know one of these has to make the team because I have Brandon Eccles in a non-cut bucket and he is suspended for week one. So I understand that one of these guys has to make the team. Mm-hmm. I'll make my case for which one in a second, but Derek Langford, Bryce Hall, Jimmy Moreland, those are my three practice squad slash cut candidate cornerbacks. Are those the same for you? They're not. I think Bryce Hall is going to make this team. Um, right. I think for week one, because of yeah. Eccles, he does. But then so he I have, I have Langford, Jimmy Moreland. And uh, again, you and I have different lists because sometimes you update your list and I have already put names on the list. I have yeah. Craig James also in the practice. Okay. Program. Yeah. I moved him to safety, but okay. he does play nickel corner during the preseason. So. And I still don't think he's going to make the team no matter what position he plays. No, so pretty, I, it, pretty so he's out. Yeah. Um, I didn't upgrade uh, update the list entirely, so Javelin Gridry is still on my list. Obviously, he's on injured reserve. He got hurt. He was part of the Dalvin Cook move. They did bring in Nehemiah uh, Shelton. Uh, I'm going to let practice you take squad. the floor with practice, that one, Chris. Practice squad. Anything. He's yeah. going to be a practice squad player for me. He's, he's a red bucket guy. Red bucket player. Yeah. So that brings us to my cornerback six, um, Justin Hardy. I have him as solid only because of his special team's ability. But if he, he doesn't play the like he doesn't play as a corner, and if he had to play as a corner, he'd be red. So his special teams ability and what he does brings him perfect. all the way up to a solid for this me because perfect. He's probably one of the best special teams gunners in the NFL. As a practice squad player, you would have him as a green solid player. As a regular corner, you say he would be a he, it would be a red practice squad player. What's right in the middle of both of those things? The Chris. questions gets a, <laughs> guess exactly where I have Justin Hardy senior in the questions. Yellow bucket. It's perfect. Yep. Thank you. You made the argument for me. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And like I said, if he had to play corner, like you're covering your eyes, you don't want that to happen. It's not Although, be great, no. we did have legendary special teams head, uh, special teams coordinator Mike Westoff on the podcast last summer, and he said if he was going to use Justin Hardy in a role on defense, it would be a blitzing corner. And I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of damn sense considering he's a very good gunner on special teams. So there could be a role if teams wanted to be different. But no, Justin Hardy does not see the field as a corner. Um, Obviously, you have other guys like Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, Jimmy Moreland even, who could start above a Justin Hardy senior. I think it gets a little interesting now that Javelin Guidry is not on the roster because they do have a need at backup slot corner. Um, But that brings me to my number four guy, another solid Brandon Eccles. He's had a tremendous training camp. And I think for what he has been in his entire career, you see his growth from college as a junior a Juco player to Kentucky now to the NFL. He's just made steps every single way. Um, last year, he would have been a questions guy for me, but I saw enough when he started and from when he was in a backup role last year. We obviously saw Bryce Hall not work out when he came onto the field last year and that quickly ended and Brandon Eccles became the primary backup on the perimeter. And uh, Brandon Eccles to me is solid. I think he's, you know, that's probably his ceiling because he is a backup, but I had to give him his flowers because he is doing very well in, in, in this training camp. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said there. I just want a bigger sample size, so I put him in the questions bucket, but yeah. I agree with everything you said there, and I think he's going to find a spot on this team. That's fair, and I think with this group specifically, maybe my green-colored glasses are showing a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. And and this is going to show on my number three guy, our starting slot corner, Michael Carter II. To me, he's good to great. He's a top 10 guy. If you're going to put him better than C.J. Mosley, obviously based on my rankings, he would have to be good to great. And I actually think Michael Carter is more great than good. So I'm very excited. If I'm not going to like spout off all the metrics about him, but he was the 15th best cornerback by PFF's grading last year, not just Nichols. If you bring that to Nichols, he was like a top three nickel in the league last year. If that interception against Mac Jones and the Patriots counted and JFM didn't get flagged for roughing the passer, I think everybody would be looking at Michael Carter slightly differently. But unfortunately, I'm pounding the table for both Michael Carters this year. He goes in the good, great bucket for me. See, this is why when you have C.J. Mosley as a good, great player, you force yourself into doing some things that maybe you shouldn't do, which means also putting Michael Carter the second in the good, great column. Michael Carter had a very, I would say, up and down rookie season. Would you not agree with that as he as he got oh, yeah. up to oh, speed yeah. in the National Football League? So a, a mixed bag in his rookie season became more solid in year two in his role for the New York Jets. So we've got a small sample size, but he's gotten better over time. So you get in a solid bucket as your floor right now. And by the time the season's over, there's a pretty good chance if he continues to play the way that he did last year, we're talking about him as a good, great player. I just can't take one season and just immediately, you know, it's a guy. It's exactly why I was not willing to put Brees Hall in the franchise bucket. Yeah. It's the exact same conversation that I have there. And I'm going to do it here with Michael Carter. I love Michael Carter. He is a top. Let me just make sure I have this correctly. I think I have him as a top 10 player. I do. He's a top 10 player on the New York Jets for me in 2023. Okay. I love Michael Carter, but I just, I was, I was very, very conservative in the amount of franchise and good, great grades. I gave out. you really had to earn it and you needed to have a big enough sample size to be able to get there. Like to me, Dylan, what Garrett Wilson did as a rookie in his first season at wide receiver, setting all of the numbers, that supersedes it only being one season. Because you did it as a rookie. You, mm-hmm. you did it with a rotating Dort quarterback. You're a franchise wide receiver. Michael Carter, up and down rookie season, really solid year two. 
on an upward trajectory. I think his floor is a solid player. That's where I have him going into this season. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And you said you were very, you know, hesitant to hand out those blue tags, the light blue franchise and the dark blue, good, great. Um, And I just wanted to counter them real quick, including the two special teams guys that I put as good, great. I only have um, seven players in the good to great. So that's probably a a handful more than you, which is understandable considering four four for me, five franchises and four good to greats. Nine players in total got the top two buckets. And I think all three were Dwayne Brown, CJ Mosley, Michael Carter, the second. Those would be the three. And I have all those guys in the green solid bucket. Right. Exactly. So I think I'm, and I've been kind of bullish on these guys all Mm -hmm. season. And I think those are the three guys that I'm hopeful that will be that tier. But I also think still currently are in that tier, but that's very exciting. Um, The next guy, no debate. Good to great. Absolutely. Number four, fours up DJ Reed. That's our guy. There's no question about it. He's borderline top five player on this entire team. And like I said, 25 years old, no questions about it. The Jets home run free agent signing when they've swung on so many corners and missed. I wanted to put him in the franchise bucket. I did. I really considered it. If he does what he did last year, it's a no doubt slam dunk next year that he's a thank you. Yep. It's a slam dunk. Like no questions asked. He's going to be there are there were times last year. Okay, I'm going to say something that might be a little controversial. There were times last year. DJ Reed was the best corner for the New York Jets. There were pockets of time where in a game, DJ Reed was making plays all over the place. Yep. Not to say that sauce took a step back at any point. That's how good DJ Reed was. He elevated his play and was step for step with sauce all year round. Yep. So a hundred percent. And, and Glenn and I, every week, we literally said multiple, I'd say at least 10 or 11 times last season, the Jets have two cornerback ones and 100%. he is the first guy off my non-franchise list, but he's number six overall on this entire team for me. So we're kind of meshing Same as you see our rankings with our buckets here, but DJ Reed is a top six player on this team. And the guy's Sauce Gardner, of- franchise player. Yeah. Light blue tag. Nothing more to say. Potentially the best corner in the game right now. Do, yeah. do we need to say anything more? The only thing I'd say is he. where do you have him on the team? Because some people have him two. Some people have him three. Obviously, we know Aaron Rodgers is one. Three. I, I, yeah. I You know how much. It, I have a personal thing, and it's a personal bias. You know how much I love Q and yeah. how much I think he's completely underrated by Jets fans and by the league at large, just based on every metric you can go look at. I think he's the best non-Aaron Donald player at the position. I will continue to say it. And so because of that, I wanted to reward that with being the second best player on the New York Jets. If you had it the other way and you had Sauce 2 and Quinn Williams 3, I'm not going to argue with you. That's totally fair. I just love Q and want to give him, I think, the credit he deserves. Exactly. And I honestly think the ranking should just be 2A and 2B for those two because they're splitting hairs. One had the immediate success defensive rookie of the year and the other Quinn and Williams entering his fourth or fifth season. Now big contract hitting his stride, got a defensive player of the year vote. I feel like that is so underlooked in this league right now is Quinn Williams got a defensive player of the year vote, had 12 tackles from the interior, just silly stuff last year, his sack celebrations, their, their franchise tag worthy alone. So yeah, sauce Gardner franchise tag. That's the end of our cornerback room, but you heard it on my rankings, three top 10 players all in that cornerback room. So that really gives you an idea of how great this cornerback room really can be. Yeah, same for me. Um, I have Sauce 3, DJ Reed 6, and Michael Carter the second 8. Like, 
I have That's exactly top, how I have them. Yeah, yep. and I have three top ten, three top ten, top eight players at yep. that position. Yeah, yep. absolutely silly. Obviously, the drop off with backups is a bit steep, but that's what you're expecting when you have such good starters. To speaking of a drop off, yes, I was literally about to say. Speaking of a drop off, we do have the safety position next. And do we though? Do we have a safety position? Do we have one here? We haven't seen the safety yeah. position in a specific player that hasn't played at all this preseason that we'll get to at the very end of this segment. But there's a good, a good bit of uh, confusion in this room and there's a lot to sort through with two weeks left in the preseason. I have eight names. I believe that means you have seven names because we decided Craig James was a cornerback for you. Yeah, so, but, I, but, but I, I, it, it doesn't matter where I, like I said, it doesn't matter where you put Craig James. He's getting the same tag for me. Exactly. So if you have him there, that's fine. I have eight names on my sheet for safeties. Okay. I have three practice squad players. Yep. I have five players that got a tag and we agreed one player is going to start the year on the IR. Correct. Is that, is that how we, yes. So I have him in my red bucket, but yes, the, the player in, in question is Jarek Bernard Converse. Who's a rookie. So he automatically gets the yellow tag for me. I don't make, I, I, exactly. I know I'm the person who made up the rule for that, but I have to follow my own rule. Of course. So it doesn't matter that he's hurt. He gets the yellow tag for me because he's a rookie. And so, the only reason that I bumped him down was because he's hurt. And I just right. don't think he makes the 53 out the gates. They start him on pup or short-term exactly. IR or whatever. Exactly. So, exactly. but yes, he'd be a yellow nonetheless. That therefore I have them carrying four total safeties, three safeties for me have the same tag. And I know all safeties for you have the same tag. All the safeties that are going to make the team have yes. the same tag. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to let you start and explain why you have the safety group as an entire question mark. Yes. Okay. We agree. Trey Dean, Dane Crookshank, Marquise Waters, the three practice squad player. Yes. In for the buckets. Okay. Yes. So we are now discussing Jordan Whitehead, Adrian Amos, Tony Adams, and Ashton Davis. Those are the players that were were Yes. How are we gonna sit here in the year 2023 on August 17th, 2023, and tell me that any of those players you're gonna sit here and you're gonna feel good enough to say, though, that's a solid player. How are you gonna do it? Jordan Whitehead did not miss tackles all over the place last year, was awful at times. The best safety that the Jets had last year was the Marcus Joyner, who's not on the team anymore. Adrian Amos. They were supposed to have Chuck Clark in that specific role. Chuck Clark gets hurt. Chuck Clark would have been solid. Chuck Clark healthy. He's on this list. He's a solid player. We're moving good, on. Great. Probably would. Yeah, solid. Good. Great. Probably would have been one of those two buckets. Adrian Amos, older player, didn't didn't grade out very well last year. Uh, questionable. Yellow. Solid player or question marks around him. Tony Adams, Ashton Davis. I mean, these are guys that couldn't draw into the rotation very very much last year, and when they were in there, it was kind of hit or miss. So you just all lumped together. You're all question marks, and I'm sorry. Today we are talking about the two groups on this team defensively that scare me the most, the linebacker group and the safeties. I can't get there. I Jordan Whitehead is a good enough player to end the season where we're talking about him in the solid or good great bucket. I know that player is in there, but I have to base this off of the totality of the situation. I can't look at Jordan Whitehead and grade him on the player that he was in Tampa Bay. I have to grade him on the player that he was in this defense last season. And this in this defense last season, he's a player that I've got questions about. So he, that's the bucket he goes in. So for me, there's question marks all across the board. I know you're going to try to tell me one of these guys is solid. I can't get there. They're all question marks. They're all the yellow bucket. It's the position that scares me the most on this defense. 
Uh, as you're going off, because yes, I do have one player that is in the solid bucket for me. I just wanted to peek back at our positional rankings from when we did the entire AFC East and where we had the linebackers and the safeties, because I agree. They're the two positions on the entire team outside of offensive line that scare me the most. We had them as worst in the division Look at, at linebacker. Being and intellectually safety. consistent, saying what we did months ago, I still feel the same now. Look at me being intellectually consistent. Perhaps we can uh, – well, you had the Jets as the number one running back room anyway, but perhaps I have to change my running ah, back Ah, you ranking. see? You but, see? We're thinking hey, ahead there. Hey, we both had these at, at four in the division, but yes, I have to say one player specifically and perhaps waiting a week to do this show and letting him get two interceptions on top of the three he already had in training bit. camp has certainly helped me. Jordan Whitehead is solid. He's, he's the guy, right? He's the guy he's that the you only could guy, get there. Only guy. Right. Because we have not seen Tony Adams, so I don't care what the coaches love about him. Until we actually see it, you just can't. It's just you can't you, – you're breaking too many rules by making him solid. Mm-hmm. If he goes out week one and has a pick and, you know, whatever, he's balling out, sure, we'll immediately come back on here and say he probably could be solid already. But he's the – he's got to be yellow. Jordan Whitehead, yes, he has five interceptions in camp, which is the most by any defensive player this year. Um You'd have to think majority, if not all of them, came on Aaron Rodgers because he is the starting safety. And I just I have to agree, you can't look at all of Tampa Bay, and but you also can't excuse all of Tampa Bay. So I'm hoping that last year was the outlier year and he doesn't miss 17 tackles again because that was just embarrassing. And yes, he was be the only solid, but it's very close for me. So with that said, everybody else gets a yellow tag, Davis, Amos, Adams, um, Trey Dean and Marquise Waters would be the guys that are closest for me in terms yep. of making the roster. And I think Trey Dean would be the one if Ashton Davis isn't um, retained, you know, whether they cut him or whatever. Um, that's the special teams role that the safety needs to fill. And Trey Dean hopefully can fill that. But on the field, Trey Dean has looked pretty much better than Ashton Davis throughout camp and preseason. Not the Carolina game, but everything else. We have to predict the 53 now, don't we? Yeah, we can uh, predict the 53. We've uh, you, have, you, have, you have to pull up the big screen, don't you? Yeah, I got to do that. We got the, the consensus buckets here. I'll share that with the folks at home. Now, we have not, now just to let everybody know, we have not discussed this ahead of time. We're going to do this together in real time here. Yes. So this this is the consensus bucket. This oh, is your, the that's your bucket. This you is think my, these are my. You buckets. think that's the consensus because it's yours, but it's not. These are the consensus. There buckets. it is. With the white spots left open, these are our disagreements. Let me zoom out so everybody can see it proper. Okay, and if you give me CJ Mosley, I'll give you Michael Carter. I'll, I'll, I'll come to a very quick trade with you. I'll take that. So solid for Mosley. Solid for Mosley, and because and I, I really I want to put this out publicly. Michael Carter is going to ball out if this dude's in the Pro Bowl this year. It would not surprise me one little bit. And, and so, can I can I share something with you? This absolutely. feels more true. Like. I feel a lot better saying Michael Carter is good rate than I do CJ Mosley. So this is closer to, to how like I genuinely feel about them. So I feel like it's a trade that I was willing to make. Yeah. And and when we talked about our rankings, Michael Carter was eight for us and I had right. Mosley at 10. Right. So it makes sense to have Mosley lower tiers wise. Uh, Quincy Williams, we did not agree. I had him as solid and you had him as questions. Uh, looking around at everything else, I'm probably give- just going to... I'm going to trade you Jordan Whitehead. Yeah, that's a good trade. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, you, could, cool. uh, you could take Jordan Whitehead. I'll take Quincy. All right, cool. So Quincy. I, I mean, I don't love it, but th- that's a fit. I think it's a fair trade, all things considered. 
Absolutely. So we're going to go solid. Get a little bit of representation in that uh, safety room. We like that. Uh, I'll um, come up on Bernard Converse, too, because he's a rookie, and I don't want to be rude to him and say that he's just practice squad worthy because we haven't seen him, and I think he could provide something to this room. Next, that leaves Brandon Eccles, uh, Justin Hardy. I'll come down to you because he's a special teams guy. And Bryce Hall, you – oh, this is tough. So Brandon Eccles, I had a solid, and you had his questions. I don't want to put them both as solid, but I feel like that's acceptable. Sorry, run it by me one more time. What trade do you want to make here? Eccles and no, there's no trade. It's just okay. Eccles and Hall were uh, split on. Um, okay. And I feel like you could make them both solid and it wouldn't be too bad. That's how you okay. had it, right? All right. Uh, no, solid. I had them. I had them both questions. Okay. So what we can do then is Brandon Eccles solid. And Bryce Michael Hall questions and Bryce Hall will keep us questions because I just I have a feeling that he's only on the team for week one because of Eccles suspension. And then they try to bring back a guy like Jimmy Moreland. I feel like Moreland right. has had a decent camp for the team and and they might want to see what he can do. So now we have the entire rankings done. Obviously, this is including newcomers, uh, Jalen Holmes, Red Bucket, Sam There's McLaughlin, a lot of players Red Bucket, on here that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pita Toa Manapenu. He's a uh, got to be red. Um, although he and Bruce Hector showed flashes on the defensive line, but who didn't on that defensive line and Dalvin cook, we both have agreed as a good to great. So that's everything up to date with the, the roster. Um, I have this currently situated as the depth chart on the website showed from their previous, their initial depth chart release. So it looks a little wonky. Obviously you see Dwayne Brown here is left tackle four, but everybody who does not have a red, should equal 53. So can make, I got a, I got a suggestion, make a copy of this. I mean, can I do this? Do I have the permissions here? Yeah. I think if we, we make a it. copy of this, right? Yep. If we duplicate it and I go to the copy and we do this, wish me luck here. As I try to do this, cause don't, cause don't, don't go to it just yet. No, no, no. I'm not going to it. Yet. I messed it up. I messed it up. So you, you erase the play. The I, no, I just, I, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to clean up. It's going to take me a little bit, but you, You'll see what I'm trying to do here in just a second. I'm That's trying fine. to clear it all back to its original format. Okay. And then w- what we can do is we can just put a player in green if we think they make the team. We can put them in red if we don't think they make the team. And we can add up to 53. I like that. That's what I was trying to do. The problem yeah. is you got a lot of formatting here. I don't want to mess it up. So I'm just yeah. trying to make sure that I do. It this. is a lot of formatting. I apologize. I'm already on the defense. Don't worry. It's Perfect. Not, not too difficult. Yeah. And, and that was what I was trying to do this entire time was my rankings were consistent with predicting my top 53. So if you've been following along, obviously the math adds up for me. It might not add up for Chris necessarily. No way it does. I have, what, I have probably like 60 players who make the team. Also, I do want to circle back while we have this entire thing open to sure. the chat. Jason Brownlee. Red or yellow? We we started at red. Well, we're gonna... We bumped up to yellow. And now I'm really concerned that he's not even considered the first wide receiver to miss on the 53. I can make a case that he is not even the second wide receiver to miss the 53. Well, isn't that that's the beautiful that's the beautiful thing of what we're about to do, right? We're gonna get yes. this out here together. Okay, I think now you can go to you can go to it. You can go to the, the copy that I made and you'll see that it looks very different now. Perfect. It looks very different. Okay. Yep. 
I would like to make a motion to make Aaron Rodgers a member of the team. That's okay. You, it's, it's bold. I'm, confl- I, I'm conflicted, but I know. we'll go. We'll go. So Rodgers, Rodgers, Wilson, and Boyle, I think, are all players that are going to make the team. You think now, they carry three well, wide receiver so, quarterbacks? Or do you think just because of the rule? Because if it's because of the rule, we put him in red. Put Tim Boyle in red. Okay. Because I, I, think, put, I, I put him I in think red. He, I think he's gonna. They're he's they're gonna have three quarterbacks hanging around on the team. Okay, because yes. of the rule. I think everyone's going to. Yes. Uh, okay. Strugglers is actually not even on the team anymore. So. Get him out of there. Uh, I would like to make a motion to have Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, and Israel Abanacanda as all members of the team. Yes, we talked yeah. about that at the top of the show, and all three of them locks for the roster. Sorry, sorry, Travis Die. Travis Die is the easiest, but he's a tough physical runner. He's okay. got a sick mustache too. So, okay. Uh, practice squad waiting. Uh, Travis Die. Okay. Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight. This is where it gets interesting. This is where you and I are going to have a debate because I think it's 100%. Zonovan Knight. I think it's Michael Carter. Carter. I know. And this, I don't think we're ever going to see eye to eye on this. I don't think so either. And I don't think it necessarily comes down to just ability. This comes down to Joe Douglas spending a draft pick on this player. The rookie year that he did have last year, I'm going to excuse it. Fine. He had a bum Fine. ankle and a terrible offensive Fine. line. Fine. But Bam Knight was running behind that same offensive line. And was the better running back for the New York Jets in 2022. I will continue For to two say. games. For the entirety against of, of Zodim Knight. Vikings and the Lions. Or the yeah. Bears, excuse Fine. me. You the Bears game in the rain and the Vikings game we don't want to talk about because Braxton Berrios. Fine. You can make it Michael Carter, but this okay. I'm not changing my opinion that I still think Zodim Knight should make the team. No, that's fine. And I wish we had some kind of bet on this because that'd be really interesting to see how it shakes out. But this is probably one of the tougher ones, obviously, with Dalvin Cook in the fold. I would like to make all three special teams members uh, members of the roster. Hey, no special teams competition in camp is all right with me. Yeah. All right. So that's three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We've got 11. We've got 42 spots left. Okay. Uh, wide receivers. Um, Lazard, the top line guys, Wilson Davis, yes. all, yes. all locks. Nicole Hardman, Hardman is a lock is a lock. Um, I, I think, think Randall, Randall Cobb, Cobb is, a is a lock. Yeah, I do too. Unfortunately. And I think that's it. I, I think Nathaniel I, Hackett I, runs five wide receivers. I agree with you because I think they might carry four tight ends. Yes. So that's where I was getting at too. Yeah. Um, but we can have this conversation before we move to tight ends. The three names in the mix for, Wide receiver six, are if they Brownlee, do carry Gibson. them, are Brownlee, Gibson, and Malik Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Those and I think players. Malik Taylor and Xavier Gibson have roles that they could carve out for themselves. Gibson on special teams and Malik Taylor with the familiarity and the deep ball. I think those guys could edge out Jason Brownlee, and Brownlee could end up being like wide receiver eight when it came down to the pecking order. Yep, Obviously, 100%. they can see it different. They've been trying to tra- draft this guy on day three, they said. But I think all three of those guys are firmly in the mix. Okay, so that gives us uh, – that's five, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13. We got 14 so far on offense. Four, or 14, including the special teams players. Perfect. So now we're moving um, to tight ends. We both yeah, said Conklin, four. Uzoma, and Ruckert are all, yep. I think, locks. Absolutely. I think and... Yaboa and Jenkins are out. Yep. And I'd like to keep Zach Koontz – where he is for the moment. I want to see how many roster spots we have left. No, 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 no. Just leave oh, it. Oh, exactly. you want to keep him white? I, I got just, you. I, I don't want to give up a roster spot here, okay? And I think it's the, the game that we're end, end, going to end up playing is Nick Bauden versus. Maybe, and, maybe. And that's it's probably gonna, what yeah. it's going to come down to is choosing Nick Bauden over many like of these depth spots. All right, so we're up to 17 now. We got 17, 17. as our total number. Um, 
Billy Turner is going to make the team. The top line guys are all going to make the team. I agree. Joe Tipman is also going to make the team. I agree. Well, uh, Mackay Becton is going to make the team. Mackay Becton, yes. And uh, Wes Schweitzer. And Dwayne Brown. And Dwayne Brown, yes. So that's eight. Eight. Nine. Think- Nine, excuse me. Nine, excuse me. Nine offensive linemen. I think they're going to carry a total of 10. This guy's not around anymore. It is Grant Hermans. Um, I think it's Carter Warren. I think the 10th guy is Carter Warren, but now, similar to Jarek Bernard Converse, they could start this guy on then, Pup. Right. So put put him as a member of the team Okay. because we don't know what they're going to do yet, and we'll, we can reconvene if they do something. If they don't carry Carter Warren um, and don't make a move, that's obviously the caveat. Then I think it's Grant Hermans. I think it's Greg Sinat. Really? So that's, that's cool. I like that they brought Hermans back. Yeah. That's Shout why... out Phil, his dad, follow me on Twitter. But I, I think know. it's Greg Sinat. Just okay. <laughs> just because um, the he's been here a little bit longer. Obviously, I know Herman, Her, Hermans has been here. But I just think Greg Sinat has done a little bit more this year for them consistently that they would look to him first. But that's the debate that needs to be had. That's so, now 27. 27. So when I did mine, I ended up with 26 on offense. Great. And we've got a tight end and a fullback that we haven't done anything with. Yes. So that's going to be a little hectic when you get to this defensive side. Uh, here. Yeah. So get rid of all of the rest of those offensive linemen, by the way. Put them all in red. Uh, except for, do you want to leave Sinat and Hermans or do you want to make them red? Make them red for now. And then yeah. if we need to, we can come back and adjust. Yeah, we're not even. Yep. When news happens. Um, right. Carl Lawson, Michael Clemens, Will McDonald's. Yep. Are all going to be green. Jalen um, Holmes, not going to make the team. Sorry. Not going to make the team. Quinn and Williams, Quentin Jefferson, making the team. Marquis Spencer, not going to make the team. But having a nice preseason. You know, guys can have nice preseasons. I, 100%. I, I can't find, smart no, 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 no. He's not yeah, going to yeah. make the team. Nope, yeah. not, we don't have a spot for him. Uh, um, Solomon Thomas and Al Woods are, are, are green. Unfortunately, Solomon Thomas is making this team, and it really bugs me. Okay. And then... I, I think the spot should go to Tanzel Smart, to be honest, but Solomon JFM, Thomas, unfortunately. JFM, Jermaine Johnson, and Bryce Huff are all going to make. Yep, so sorry, three, Deslin and Peter. Five, seven. That's another 10. We're up to 37 now. Oh, you're doing it that way. Okay, I see what you're doing. 10. Um. Oh, okay, so this is with with uh, special teams, the 27. Teams. So that that's fine. That's we're okay. 24 yeah, offense. We're okay. We've got yeah, some space. We've got some space. All right, linebackers. Um, Sherwood and Barnes. Yep, and Mosley. And Mosley. And Quincy. And Quincy. And that's it. For now, we'll see how many spots we've got, right? I think we should leave That's another like four. So this. that's, I agree. So that gives us a 14. Yep. That's 41. We've got 12 more roster spots. We can do this. Gardner. All right, we're only going to put Gardner. <laughs> and give we're going to move Reed. on. Give me DJ Reed. <laughs> yes, DJ Reed on the other side. And give me Michael Carter. 100%. That gets us to 44. This is getting a little scary because I've got nine roster spots. Um, I need I need Jordan Whitehead. Tony Adams. Tony Adams, Adrian Amos. Adrian Amos. Yep. So now we're at 47. 47. We've got six spots left. Six spots left. We only have three corners. I, I think Justin Hardy's a lock because of special, special teams. teams. Yep. That's 48. Because Eccles is suspended week one, he will he not count. He will, yeah, he will not count. But and then I, I would put him in red and then put yeah. Bryce on the team. I was gonna say so. Whoever that corner is yeah, yeah. opposite, that's the only that's only for one week. In so my forty nine, give me, give me Ashton Davis. 
ready for this? Yes. You ready for this? Yes. Give me Chaz Surratt, Zach Koontz, and Nick Bowden, 53. There you go. Now, I, I don't I don't love only carrying four corners. Five with Carter. I mean, he's going to be very specifically in one exactly. spot. But exactly. Yes. And Hardy doesn't play corner. I, so it's three corners. <laughs> it's, yeah. We might need to. That's tough. Well, because Eccles doesn't make it, it's so also, tough. Do you now that to Kadri's have, hurt, like do you mean really to have Craig just, James? You don't mean to have Craig James? I don't. I don't. Okay. That You're gets us the fifty. Right. That gets us the fifty-four. This is tough because Eccles is going to be the opposite of Bryce Hall. So Bryce Hall will be red after Week One, but they still need one more body. Are they? Are maybe Nick Bowden's not going to make the team if you're going to carry like. Langford or see, see, I think Bowden is of the players that we were questionable about the biggest green for me. I think they love Bowden. They're going to carry a fullback. He's done it in Jacksonville. He did it in Green Bay. It's just like all the the signs are pointing that way. But he's the biggest wrench in the plans right now because if it comes down to Bowden or maybe Coots. Are they really going to carry ten offensive linemen though? Hold on, because that might be the place that we can we can find a spot. Uh, they might carry nine is tough. Ten, ten is real hard. But I okay, think nine... so, so hold on. We've got Billy Turner who can play both tackle spots. Yep. We've got Lake and Tomlinson who's going to be the left guard. Yep. We've got McGovern and Tippman who can both play center and the right guard spot. Tippman was playing there today. Yep. We can get West Weiser out of there and open up a spot. Not Carter Warren. And my pup Carter Warren too. That's if what I'm thinking is give us two spots. Yeah. But then I think they would keep Schweitzer. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, no, I think no they, they probably – no, because they would probably just get Greg Sinat or Grant Hermans and, and put him in there. Right. That makes I think tough. we could, we can free up a spot by getting Wes Schweitzer out of there. You really don't think Wes Schweitzer is going to make the team? I mean, they, what, I mean, we've got we've got AVT and Lakin Tomlinson that can play the guard spots. Yep. And then McGovern and Tippman can also fill in that spot. You're going to carry five guys that can play guard? Yeah, I think you carry five total interior players and four total tackles. So I have we've it as five, nine. We've got five total tackles. So right. somebody's got to go. Carter Warren would be the one for All right, me. so get rid of Carter Warren then for yeah. the moment. I think that would be the one. So we've opened up a spot. We're down to 52. Yep. They need to just sign a corner from somewhere, to be honest with give, you. Yeah, because right now I would just give the spot to Trey Dean. Over, I mean, over these guys here, Marquise Waters, Dane Crookshank, Bernard Are there Cowlers. any of the corners that we like? Jimmy Moreland would be the only one. I mean, I think they... Or they, they just carry Bryce and Brandon when he's unsuspended. Do that, do that, do that. Yep, they're going to carry both of those guys, and then I think I feel a lot better. Because then they still get to six cornerbacks, which is the number I had. I just had Gidry over Hall. So the, the timing of Gidry getting hurt... Eccles' suspension and Bryce Hall being a borderline cuttable player make this right. cornerback room very difficult. But and there's always a chance. There's always a chance that somebody gets cut someplace else, and the Jets pick up a guy to fill in a spot. Hundred percent. So this is just based on the roster the way it currently stands. What we think the final fifty-three is going to be, but Absolutely. injuries, players getting cut that the Jets roster want to pick moves, up, yeah. up. Like there, there, there's a lot to this, but I feel really good about what we've done. Absolutely. I think this is a, a quality roster. I mean, there's obviously holes, 
and spots that make us nervous that we talked about for the last hour 15 in the yeah. linebackers and safeties. But if those are the only two spots that really make you like cover your eyes and worry, I'm okay with that. That means obviously offensive line has to get shirt up. But if those are the two spots, this is a Super Bowl team. There's not many complete rosters in the NFL. I think when mm-hmm. people look at the Jets and poke all these holes at the roster, they're looking for the most complete team in the NFL. And it's just not possible. No matter what you do as a team, uh, as a general manager, you can't build a complete roster unless you're Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman with the Philadelphia Eagles. I truly believe those are the only two or the only roster that is complete in the NFL. Um, The Chiefs are not a complete roster. The Bengals, the Bills, none of these guys, the the 49ers, they're not complete rosters. So everybody's got holes. Everybody's got something that they could potentially. uh, It's just how big the hole is. If we have small pinholes in the boat, and we have big buckets, you know, emptying the water out of the boat, we'll be yep. fine. But if we have big holes in the boat and we're trying to, you know, get it out of there with a colander, that's not going to work. So I think when we get into the season, these holes are going to be a little bit smaller on the boat than we're really perceiving them to be. 100%. So with that, we're going to wrap. We did an extra long one, but we had to get in the top 50 or the 53 man prediction. Um, next week, I believe we're going to start going one through 53 or 53 to one starting mm-hmm. and ranking these guys. Obviously you've seen our buckets now franchise, good, great, solid questions, practice squad. Now we're going to go into the nitty gritty and okay. Is this solid running back better than a solid corner? Or is this special teams contributor worth more as a good, great than a solid. So it's going to be really interesting to see the consensus rankings one through 53 that we come up with because we've had some very good disagreements on a lot of these guys. So it's really going to be interesting. Any final thoughts on how you feel about this roster or what you're looking forward to most in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers preseason game, which I'll be attending. This was a fun uh, project for us to work on. We still got one little piece to it to go. So I'm looking forward to those little um, subtle debates that we're going to have over what we prioritize more in terms of uh, team building, which will be very interesting. And look, each of these preseason games, while, the starters, you know, like Aaron Rodgers and company probably aren't going to play at all, if if any, um, in, in these games. There's still value to all of these contests. One, we move closer and closer to real football and football that matters. But two, you, you just saw Dylan and I go through the exercise of trying to debate these last couple spots on the roster. Guess what? Guess where those get decided in these games each, yep. uh, each and every week throughout the preseason. So that's the kind of thing that I look forward to. And honestly, I'm keeping an eye on what other teams are doing. I'm mm-hmm. keeping an eye on players that other teams are getting rid of, and I'm going, huh, would that guy fit as some depth for this team? And again, there's there's still time for for the Jets to, to go via the free agency market. There's still some names still out there. Maybe somebody wants to get traded from somewhere. There's still opportunities to, to get some players in before the season begins. So uh, we're getting closer, but it's just it's that fun time, that fun calm before the storm. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's one thing I haven't been doing is keeping up with other teams uh, roster bubble players to see who could be available for the Jets in the next couple. Oh, of weeks. trust me, I was dreaming up of a Zach Martin trade the other day. Oh, Don't I know the dream died, and then but then the Dalvin yeah. Cook thing brought me right back uh, yeah, to it was, life. Yeah. So, it, obviously, I'd rather have Zach Martin than Dalvin Cook. I'll go on record and say that that's kind of a no brainer. But I was still happy that they got one of the two guys. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. These preseason games are are really important to a lot of these guys that are on the red side of things currently because. In that war room, these guys are having those tough discussions. The the 
linebacker coach Rutenberg is probably pounding the table for somebody. And Sal is like, you know what? I really like this guy. And it's going to be fun to see how they compete. And these games are exactly what they, they're going to find out in those games. So Chaz Surratt, I think he's the guy to watch in this game if he's healthy because he is the solid guy. Um, offensively, I do want to see if we get a little bit more of the offensive you know, starters. I want to see a little bit more of uh, – I want to see Randall Cobb out there in an actual game setting. So I'm excited. There's a lot of roster bubble guys that we still have to get to. But we'll, we'll start breaking down the 53 next week. I think we'll start from the bottom up just like we have this whole series. And that will bring us all the way up to number one. And two weeks later, we'll be at the regular season. So it's, it's crazy. Football's here. We're, we just got to get through these last couple weeks. And it's going to be fun. The season's going to be better than anybody expected. We appreciate every single person that's tuned in and interacted in our chat, interacted with us on social media. It's going to be a year unlike anybody's ever expected. And just saying that out loud makes you nervous, but it makes you excited all the same. So everybody have a great night. And until next time, let's go Jets.